Welcome to The Walking OG, Travel Rant's unofficial podcast for the popular long-running series, The Walking Dead, on AMC. I'm Michelle. And I am Michelle's husband, Mike. (laughs) And we're back. Yep, yep. We're back. Walking Dead's back. Gone for a long time, but now we're back. Second half of season six. We're in the final half of season six of The Walking Dead. Tonight we're podcasting season six, episode nine. It was entitled, No Way Out. Now, you know, we we sat and watched this together because we live together and yep. we have one TV. So yep. that's kind of what we do. And we talk about it all the time, so we just figured, why not record it? Well, right. But as we watch these episodes, we don't talk about them before we come in here and talk about Well, them. I try to talk about them, but you won't let me. Well, okay. But, you know, because... We kind of want to wait and save our conversation for the podcast that we do. Um, so, having said that, we haven't really expressed our feelings other than just the normal way that you would, would as you're sitting and watching a show together. We haven't had any kind of really, real conversations about it. Um, but, so Mike, what did you think about the new episode. I, I liked the new episode a lot. I thought it was one of the best I'd seen. I thought it was great. It was all about, you know, they got away from zombie survival for a while and got into the artsy, you know, stuff, I thought, you know, the the soap opera-ish stuff. But this was good. This was, this was, it was really good. It started good. It finished good. I liked it. I liked, I liked most of it. I, I completely agree. I think if it wasn't one of Walking Dead's best. It was certainly one of the best in a long time. It contains one of probably my favorite, my favorite um, <clears throat> Walking Dead moment. I probably can guess. I know you can. Well, I don't know. There was two, so I don't know which one. But I'm guessing it had to do with a grenade launcher and. Water. Rocket propelled grenades can be a beautiful thing. Can they? Yeah. <laughs> um, but he did it twice. Well, the first time he did it was the. That was pretty cool. That was probably. That's when I thought, hell yeah. <laughs> that was that was pretty good. What'd you get, you little little greasy haired biker? Yeah, but I mean, come on, they're all kind of greasy haired. Yeah, that's true. But we, you know, he they was he was especially greasy. Hot shower and you know, cup of chamomile tea or something. Well, that on. guy certainly got some some uh, some justice dispensed via Daryl quickly. So yeah, it's really good. Yeah, that 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 was a great scene. There was um, we have to be real. As good as this was, you you. We have to, we do, give it some, uh, you just, there's things you have to overlook in this, you know, because there's things if you wanted to, you could pick apart. Well, sure you could. Other than the fact that it's a zombie series, there's things like it was daytime and suddenly it was dark and they hadn't even made it outside the perimeter of the gate. Right. Yeah, not even a few more feet. It didn't look like. No, that. I mean you know they the all the way dark. It didn't go from dusky to from from light to dusky to dark. It went no. from light to dark. No, and we weren't even like like there was no indication that it was gonna get dark. And why would they leave? I mean, of course, it's obviously gonna get dark at some point. But but why would they leave if they don't even have time to get past the the bulk of the horde in the daylight. I mean, that that wouldn't make any sense. Hold, hold out till tomorrow morning. Anyway, there's there's a lot of things they did stuff like that on more than one occasion in this. So, so there's things that you kind of go, oh, come on guys, you don't really expect us to buy this. And it kind of made me wonder if they didn't just run out of daylight when they were filming and they just kind of thought, screw it. You know? I mean, because they were filming and they wanted to finish the scene because everybody was in, in character and everything and so they just thought... I don't know. I think... I mean, I think that the way that the the shot looks is I think that they made it look dark on film. I don't think it was actually that dark. I think oh, really? That's what I think. But so I you think it was a deliberate cine, cinema... 
Yeah, yeah. Move on their part. Yeah, it's a camera thing that they made it. They made it. They made it look dark, and it really wasn't that dark when they were filming. Well, uh, I. That's but that's just my my feeling. I don't have any any evidence. Well, <clears throat> the only thing that makes me think that you could be right about that is because certainly the lake of fire would not have had the dramatic effect were it not nighttime. Why didn't they use the Johnny Cash song? Maybe they couldn't get it. Man, that would have been great. That would have been good. Um, I also like that when they started this episode, that they started it where they left off. Yeah, like, that's always good. Yeah. Immediately. I mean, it was almost just a continuation in both um, Daryl, Sasha, and Abraham's scene. It was like they took the last scene from where they left off in... When did we watch this last? Was it November? I don't remember. I don't either. I don't remember when it was, but it was, it's been a while. And they just, it was like they just cut the scene and continued it right here. And I like that. I think a lot of times they expect us to buy a lot of things. Like, you know, time will have went by and then they just tell you kind of what happens after the fact. And we're just supposed to be okay with that. But I'm glad they didn't do that with this. I was really glad. I, I really loved it. I thought it had so much action in it. It was funny. I try not to read anything because I don't like anything. Everything I find, even if I say it's not going to, it ends up coloring my opinion. And I did end up watching uh, The Talking Dead. I didn't just sit down and watch it, but I saw pieces of it as I was going about my night last night. And so stuff does obviously color what I think, but I saw somebody say something, I think it was on Facebook, I accidentally saw it, where somebody made a comment about how you could uh, almost skip the rest of the season now, because they obviously put all their budget into this one. I have heard this before on other podcasts and other uh things that I've read about, about Walking Dead, it's where they talk about how there's only so much budget that they have. And so if they do big things, and not just Walking Dead, but other shows too, like there's particular, particularly these kind of um, smaller TV shows where it's not, this is not a movie. You're not going to get two hours worth of bang them up, shoot them up, blow them up kind of action. And so they kind of dole it out, and a lot of times they'll dole it out slowly, and then a lot of times they'll, um, you know, like have all of their big things. Haven't I been telling you that, though, all along? Because they've been using few, few they haven't been using the full cast every episode. Yeah, it's funny that you should say that, too, because I also saw something, I think, I think that was on Talking Dead, where they said that the cast, like in this instance, Sasha, Daryl, and Abraham work together. And the other Rick and the gang, we called them last time, work together. And they don't even see one another for like a long period of time. It's like they're just filming their parts in separate places. So that's kind of an interesting thing. They said that when they get back together, they're always really happy to get back together and work together again because they went some time without without being together based on how they film it. But anyway, I did like how they essentially just started off where they left off. Daryl, Sasha, and Abraham are going down the road in that tanker truck headed back to... Now, did we ever decide how far away from mm-hmm. Alexandria they were? They weren't that far, though, right? Because they were going to... First, they were leading the horde away. Right, so it was like 20 miles is what they decided. Mm-hmm. So they weren't any farther than that. There would be no reason for them to be farther than 20 mm-hmm. miles away. And they had already traveled a distance back. Well, had they? Had they traveled back because they got into all that mess last time where they ended up getting the truck? I don't know how how far well, back. Well, that's true, too. Toward. But anyway, we're, we're to assume they weren't really far, far away. Right, I mean, not you know. Right, yeah, they weren't they weren't too far right. They weren't in Daytona. Right. Yeah. Um, and last time they came up on Negan's group, the motorcycle gang. This is a little place that you could 
pick them apart. Yeah, they could have plowed through there, like you said. Yeah, they did have big guns. You were you were talking about that before You're we right. got in here. I did. So, I did. I, I made a comment, and I, I know, try not to do that, but hypocrite. But I do. That's <laughs> who I am. Um, yeah, I kind of did wonder why they wouldn't just in that big truck. I mean, I guess it would have been dangerous, and they could have gotten shot. But stopping for. For people who look like that, that are blocking your road with motorcycles and semi-automatic to automatic weapons, seems like that'd be a pretty dangerous way. I think the ones that you didn't run over would be too busy jumping out of the way. But of yeah, course, but wouldn't they chase you? If you're in a tanker truck and you're shooting at a big old propane tank, it probably wouldn't have fared well for you trying to get away from them. And they would have chased them down, too, obviously. And done, I don't know. Yep. Um, Taking away their birthday. But the guys take their weapons, and then one of the guys walks to the back of the truck with Daryl because they, they ask for more. They want more. They say everything belongs to Negan. And it's really yeah. funny. That guy, that lead guy, he was, um, I did say this too. I'm a hypocrite again. He said, um, I, I said, I think he was a really good character. I was real surprised that they killed him off that quick. He was great. He was one of the... Yeah, he was certainly somebody you thought that was going to be in the show for a while. I did. He was he was horrible, and he was difficult to deal with. He was sinister. He was sinister, and you're right. He was greasy and... Greasy and slimy and, and sarcastic and, and... And sadistic. You know, just like, I'm not going to kill you, and then, yes, I am. I mm. mean, just horrible. He's just a horrible person. But the guy takes Daryl to the back. Now, what did you think was going on? When that happened, did you have faith that Daryl was going to get up on this guy? The guy I, I didn't know. I didn't know. I knew when they when they blew him when he blew the little little biker uh, little gang up. I knew that, but I didn't know until I didn't even know what had happened for a second. Did you? No, until he walked out of there carrying <laughs> that that uh, launcher. No. What do you think about that scene where they all just? Evaporated. It exploded. I thought, look, any time I can watch something blow up on television, I am in. But body parts. That's even better. Bonus I mean, round. That's like, fantastic. That was great. Like hunks of. Yes. There was arms and legs yes. flying and hunks of. Yeah, say something you know, smart now, greasy man. That was really. I know, yeah. That was really bad. Exploded just like in that fiery blast, and then here comes Daryl. Walking from the back of the car, talking about how tough that guy was. He was tougher than he thought he was going to be. Mm-hmm. So, um, Cut him in the back, tore his little jacket up a little bit. Yeah, poor Daryl. I mean, his was, was it his jacket or his vest? I can't remember. Yeah, his vest. Down. Yeah, that vest. <clears throat> I don't know how it's made it this long. Do you? I wonder what it smells like. But then we go to the cool scene where they like start to play the intro music, and we've got the guys, the main guy's head on fire laying in the road like decapitated so yep that was pretty bad <laughs> yep. then we go into the intro when we come back and we're still at the beginning right where we left off with Rick and everybody so they did kind of gloss over that Sam part though what would you think about that remember as they were going off and Sam saying mom mom remember and then yeah yeah but well that but they caught up with it when he Lost his his composure later. Yeah, that was um. They kind of glossed that over though because they just kept walking and he was somehow able to gain it back. I didn't, you know, like. Yeah, he wasn't hollering mom when they started. No. Yeah, and, and not in this episode. I mean. Right. But Rick decides mid mid walk. That they're not going to go to the armory anymore. Evidently, he thinks there's too many of them or something, right? Yeah, and some of them are going to go get cars, right? Yeah, they're going to head back and get cars. So Father Gabriel takes volunteers to take Judith. Now, they acted like that was an act of bravery or something for him to volunteer to take Judith. They were... Yeah, I didn't get that whole thing, really. I would have just kept walking until I got out of there. But Well, if Judith makes a sound... That's going to draw. Yeah, but if she makes a sound with with the time, if she makes a sound during their trip with Father Gabriel Gabriel to the church, same thing. Right, but they 
had, in place of just walking to the armory, now they had decided to walk to the quarry, right? Which is evidently a lot longer of a walk. And that's why they didn't want to, I understood why they didn't want to take her that, that far. Um, I really don't think I understand why they wouldn't just have left her, maybe with the kids, Carl and Ron or whoever, back at the house. And then the adults go and kind of clean everything out, right? And come back and then get them. Seemed like they'd be safer. I, I didn't understand that, uh, that whole sequence. Well... Father Gabriel decides to take Judas to the church and stays with her until they get back. And they try their best to get Sam to go with Father Gabriel because... He insisted on staying with Mom. Yeah, and that was... Um, that was the end of it. Yeah, and it... If Jesse had made him... I don't know. I don't know. what. What did you think about it? Because... Jesse couldn't even make him come downstairs to eat, remember? Right, yeah, he was upstairs and kind of his own little world. Yeah, she couldn't get him to get... If he didn't come downstairs, then nothing, everything just stayed the same. To get on top of it. Right, and I understand that he was upset and scared and it was one of her kids and stuff, but that should have maybe been gotten on top of a little bit, a little bit better than it was before. Well, that was, a, you know, it was way back. Right. Well, it was way back, but up to today. That, that day, yeah. Right. Um, but Carl grabs hands with Ron, even. And they they continue on after Father Gabriel gets off. Yeah, Carl didn't know that there's a problem with Ron. Yeah, but how does Carl... I mean, Carl... Okay, we're doing this again this season. And like I said, I really don't want to pick this episode apart because I loved it. But how, how much are we going to see... Don't give anybody the benefit of any doubt whatsoever, ever, in your life. Because if you do, it's going to end poorly. It does not. It was not one time that I can recall ever ended well for them. Has it? Um, when Rick handed Judith off to Father Gabriel, this time it worked out good. Gabriel kind of, he's stepping up. Well, that's a good point, I guess. That's, but the only, that's the only instance I can think of offhand. I mean, they gave Eugene the benefit of the doubt, saying, you know, knowing that he was who he, or, you know, believing he was who he said he was back. Boy, yeah, but that's a, that, that proves your point yeah. that he wasn't. Um, so then we go to see the other people. We go to Tara and Rosita, and um, they're talking about Denise and how she's out there, and Tara wants to go get her. And of course, I mean, how, how, and why? That's just there's a lot of impassioned um, things going on, like people not using a lot of common sense that I think these people might would use now. But don't you? Uh, I mean, it's it's just an anxious conversation where one person wants to go get her and the other person's reminding her, hey, we can't. Yeah. I, you picture somebody like Tara, though, should have to have enough common sense at this point to know that she couldn't do anything. I mean, she couldn't keep the wolf from going off with Denise, but suddenly she's going to somehow be able to go out there in the midst of all these zombies and rescue Denise and nobody get hurt. Yeah, she was just... Uh, Impassioned. Yeah, and freaking out a little bit, yeah. But we see that Morgan, Morgan's waking up, and that's how soon this was. Morgan's waking up and Carol's there. And it's I, okay. Listen, if you're in a cabin by yourself and somebody comes to kill you and you, you're you somehow, you know, you've achieved Zen and you believe, you know, the, the, you know, the world's flat or whatever and the guy comes and he's trying to kill you and it's just you... It's just you, and you're the only person you're putting at, you're at risk. That's one thing. But when somebody comes to kill the group, and one of them is captured, and you keep him alive, you're putting everybody at risk for your social experiment because a misjudgment like that gets people killed. If it's only yourself 
if it's just you that you're putting in harm's way to try to do something like that, that's one thing. And if you're trying to yeah, do if something you, like that. If you want to be stupid children, by yourself, be stupid. You know, women, stuff yeah, like that. But don't be stupid at everybody else's expense or potentially at everybody else's expense. Okay, now I, I am going to have to pick this part apart. I have to. I have to. I'm sorry. I, this is the one thing, the one thing that I just really wanted to pull my hair out about. We go to Glenn and Enid in the church. And we see this time and again, particularly with Enid, but it drives me crazy. Where in the midst of this chaos and everything going on, she wants to stop and have a philosophical conversation about why you should do the thing. There's plenty of downtime, right? I mean, there's downtime for the... Yeah, people. they're in the middle of a crisis, and she wants to... Right. Yeah, do a podcast. Right. There, There's so much downtime. There's no TV. There's no Internet. There's probably very little video games. Certainly sure. no, you know, Xbox Live. And there's downtime for these teenagers where you can have this kind of conversation... And I just, oh, that drives me crazy when they stop in the middle of all this to do this. Um, you can carry the people you love within you in the midst of this as long as you don't give up. Yeah, I don't think that would be um, uh, the way the discussion would go when you've got that that kind of heightened um, uh, situation, the heightened sense of of um, crisis all around you. No, and if Glenn, if Glenn has that kind of patience and tolerance for that while his pregnant wife is out on a platform yeah, I see your point. feet away from him and the zombies are trying to knock her off there because they're hungry and he's going to stop and have this kind of philosophical... First of all, I just don't buy it. And second of all, it just drives me crazy how they always throw this in there. Now, at the end with Rick and Carl, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them that. But this part, I just I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Drove me crazy. Um, and the Wolf and Denise, what did you think about all the conversations they kept having? They were in this like little a clove, right? This little uh, stairwell down to something, and they were hiding out, trying to find a way to make it out over the wall. Right, waiting for a uh, break in the in the in the herd. Right. And they kept having uh conversations. They kept breaking to them and the wolf's wanting to change her and and she tells him at one point um go to hell. What do you think he meant? He wanted to change her. He thought that she was going to embrace his wolf lifestyle. <laughs> And that was that was charming. Wolf I'm life. sure. Yeah, he was planning on carving a W in her head, and, and I was afraid he was going to do that. Taking, sitting there. taking her with him, and yeah, she she seemed a little uh, like she was hyperventilating at one point. Yeah, yeah, she was having a hard time with it. Um, then we go to a commercial. We come back, and it's nighttime. It was daytime. We kind of talked about this, and now it's just nighttime. They walked maybe ten feet, and it's pitch black. Um, Rick and the gang are walking hand in hand through the zombies and this is like this long drawn out scene Carol was really to blame if you really want to get serious about it for everything that happened to Jesse and Sam I don't think so yeah you do She you told she. So. I don't think she should have told him that story about getting ripped apart and and the monsters are going to get you and eat you while you're alive, but I don't think she's to blame. That was what was hanging in his head, and now no one will ever know that Carol did that. There'll be nobody to this is a good thing to confront Carol. That was Carol's fault. That was bad. I, I don't think it was Carol's fault. It was Carol's fault, and I'm gonna tell you something else too. I'm gonna tell you. I think we're gonna see a change in Carol. Something's gonna happen with Carol. I got this feeling because she saw. Well, that happened, and we heard her voice, so I think they're queuing us up for something with that. Right, they showed they showed Sam remembering this terrible story that Carol uh, told him to, to frighten him, and he did. And it frightened him so much that it paralyzed him in this situation that ended up being their demise. But also, when she shoots the wolf, there's another thing, remind me, we'll, we'll go into that in just a minute. But, um, but 
Sam stops in his tracks. He starts whimpering, and the zombies get him. They mm-hmm. can't get him to go. The zombies get him. His mom starts screaming. Jesse starts screaming like you would. I mean, what are you going to do? And the zombies get her. And she's got such a death grip on Carl's arm, because they were holding hands still walking through there, that they have to chop her arm off to get her to let go of Carl. I think Carl could have probably gotten away. What do you think? I think, I mean, it's kind of hard to hold somebody that tight. I well, especially say. while you're being eaten. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, though. Maybe you're just stronger at that point. But I don't know. I don't know. But they had to, I mean, it, it was a cool scene, so I'm going to give them that, right? Because it was a cool scene that Rick had to stop in the middle of this and chop her arm off. Um, but as the zombies are eating Jesse... The mom. Did you think it was kind of funny that Rick was flash, flashing back to like the good times? Yeah, and then his and then his flashbacks got red. Have you, did you notice they had a red tint to them? Oh, him? I didn't. Yeah, no. they, yeah, they started getting a red tint as the more they were eating on her. They started kind of um, getting bathed in the the, me- the memories were being bathed in blood. That's pretty cool. It's kind I of did weird. not notice that. That's, yeah. that's cool though. But then. Ron, Ron picks that moment to pull the gun. Is is he pointed at Rick? Is it Rick or Carl? Do you know? Or they're both standing like in a line. So I don't know. Remember, because at one point he was stalking Carl, and he even got in a fight with Carl there in the in the right. garage. And then at one point he wanted to kill Rick. Right. So who knows who which one he was right. pointing at? But, but he pulled the gun. He picks this moment to pull the gun. So, he was suicidal himself. Yep. But, you know, my only advice would be, if you're going to do it at some point like that, make sure Michonne, who loves Rick and Carl, is not standing behind you Boy, with no her saber, because that thing came through his chest. Samurai sword. That, sorry. Samurai sword. Is there a difference in a samurai sword and a saber? Oh, yeah. Is there? Yeah, sure. I yeah. didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah, I know what a samurai sword is, because I was forced on another podcast that I do to watch a show called Rashomon. Yep. You should watch Kill Bill. You can learn no, a lot. I've, I've watched Kill Bill. Did you, did, then you know all about samurai swords. Well. Luma Thurman should have showed you about samurai swords. They've got a great sequence about, you know, how they're built. And um, but Ron, somehow, as he's being stabbed as the... As the Samurai sword is going through his diaphragm, gets a round off. How do you get shot in the eyeball and live? How do you get shot in the head and the eye socket and live? I mean, I don't know. People do. They do get shot. People get shot in the head sometimes, and like it glances off the bone. I don't know. You know, we we've known people who've gotten shot, like in the you know behind the ear, and it's just like lodged. Don't see how that didn't take out the back of his brain. Well, I mean, it obviously didn't go through. It obviously so was it stuck like, in there and just bounce I off, think, or I don't what? think it hit the bone and went somewhere. You know, like ricocheted off or something. I don't know. I I wouldn't think the eye socket would be that heavy of a bone that could. Well, poor old Carl. He's just. Having a bad day. Yeah, this is the second time Carl's been shot. The second time. Remember, he was shot when they met Herschel and yep. all that? But, um, but he gets shot through the eye. I mean, that's just like... And he turns around. That was that was the horrible part, right? Was it, when he turned around. It was pretty good, um, pretty good uh, um, graphics. Yeah, and good acting, you know, because he turned around and he's like, Dad, you know, like... You know, you hear about people saying stuff after something like that happens, you know? Like, recently that uh, Kate, who was shot in San Francisco when when the illegal immigrant shot her, remember? And yeah, she, she said, help me down or something. Right. And I mean, how, how, you know, just, what's the word, weak would Gut-wrenching, you feel yeah. as a parent to have a child turn to you like that and say something I don't know that that was really it was like oh my gosh you know I mean Carl was I mean he was shot it was bad bad and turned around and says dad like confused and hits the ground 
<sighs> but then they gave us a commercial. Mm-hmm. So we can take a break. In this commercial, we saw that Better Call Saul mm-hmm. is coming back on. Season 2. How mm-hmm. much did you like Better Call Saul Season 1? I thought it was great. It's a great show. Better Call Saul is um, Odenkirk, Bob Odenkirk, who played the lawyer Saul on Breaking Bad, which is one of the best television series in the world. And ever. who used to be a writer on Saturday Night Live. Yes, he did. He did. But it's coming back on. It's coming back on this week. Season 2 starts. If you haven't seen Season 1, they... Um, Are you getting paid to do a commercial for... No, I'm but, not. What the hell? I know. No, because it's good. I mean, we got to know. So our good friends Mike and Jamie do the best. It's the best. Better Call Saul podcast out there. It's on West Coast Project. And I do a couple podcasts over there with Mike, so be sure to check out westcoastproject.com for Better Call Saul and all the other podcast goodies that you can find over there because there's lots of good podcasts over there, too. Because you're on most of them. (laughs) I'm on on a couple of them. Shameless plug. Shameless. Show up. I feel a little shame. So, There's some great podcasts over there. You there should are. really check them out. No, I'm not on that podcast. I mean, Jamie's great, great with Mike, and that's a great podcast. But there are others. Tune into the others. Anyway, we come back and we've got Eugene talking to. Was it Tara or Rosita right then who just emasculated him? Do you remember? Rosita. Yeah, I thought it was. I yeah. Tara for some reason. I didn't look right. What was that all about? Well, his failure to perform. For from from the jump, she yeah. didn't she didn't expect any anything was going to be any different than his previous uh, fighting performance, which was nil. Well, she heard his sweet baby feelings, don't you think? Um, yeah, yeah, of course, I'm sure she did. But he went out there and went to hacking anyway with he everybody did. else. He did it. Okay, so we go back to the wolf who's talking to Denise about the zombies and going toward the gunfire. And he tells her that they're going to find a gap and they're going to go over the wall right here. And they make a run for it. Now, this is where the wolf had a straight shot. He could have went for the ladder. It was right there. But Denise got grabbed and he went back to save her. Right, yep. He he was out of there. So what do you think about that? Uh, He developed wolf feelings. (laughs) Is that like um, like muskrat? Muskrat love, yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. No, I didn't know. No, that's so. probably the same thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, I just way dated us, just so you know. Who recorded muskrat love? I don't know. Captain and Tennille. Did they really? I used to watch them when they had their TV show. You know, like... You really... Ones. You need to stop now, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know they had a TV show. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> no... No, I used to watch No, them. maybe it was Tony Orlando and Dawn. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> Sonny and Cher. Yeah. 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 The Flip Wilson Show. Dad loved the Flip Wilson Show. I don't remember that. Oh, God, yeah. Okay, we got to stop. This okay. is really bad. But he gets bit. The wolf gets bit, and Denise says, you came back to save me. Get me to the infirmary, and I will save your life. Right, and she says it twice, and he believes her, and they off they go. Yeah. So, was something going on between Denise and the wolf? I think they were sparking muskrat wolf love. Yeah. So apocalyptic um, wolf muskrat love. Yeah, but Denise and Tara are a thing. Remember? I mean, they were kind of a thing. They were the beginning of a thing. Well, maybe the wolf was having a thing with Denise, but Denise was having like a a friendship thing with the wolf. Or maybe Denise was having a little. Was is it called Stockholm syndrome? Or maybe she was having uh, I can't uh, remember before she was doubting her abilities to do anything. So maybe she was having some kind of I can do this. I'm going to save you. Oh okay, right. Maybe maybe Morgan got to her because remember he's the one that walked her out there and told her the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, Morgan got her kidnapped. Yeah, Morgan got to her. <laughs> um, but Carol is sitting up in a room and she's overlooking everything and this is from Morgan comes and they have a conversation about you know and then she says you know I should have killed you and he says you can't well yeah yeah she can but she couldn't he's right she couldn't she didn't because she couldn't and if she could have she would Carol's proved that she could have turned around right then but she didn't and shot him and the reason she didn't is I think because she couldn't I don't know. I thought, like I said, I think we're seeing something in Carol, but 
you know, I don't know. But Carol is looking out the window, and Denise and the wolf, she put the, they ran in someplace, and she put the, the belt around his arm to, you know, stop the, the zombie saliva from whatever. And then they're going to head to the infirmary. And so they get out there and they take off running for the infirmary after this happens. Carol sees them and she and drills him. That's yeah. right. She shoots the wolf. And then he tackles one from getting on Denise as he's going down. As he, After he's shot, as he's going down. And I don't know if you paid any attention to it or not, but Carol stopped and she looked. She It was like a several or a few, anyway, seconds that she was looking at what he did. And he didn't just grab the zombie, grab the zombie and yells at Denise to make a run for it, right? Yeah. It's really obvious. And Carol said, something's going to go on with Carol. That's that, that's my prediction, I, but I don't know what. But um, Maybe Morgan's going to teach her how to hit people with that stick. But Get her a little robe and everything. But she gets back to the infirmary. I'm ignoring you. Okay, so you know. sorry. Get back to the infirmary, and um, as soon as she gets in there, they see Rick running. Yeah. With Carl. With the dummy. Well, it was a dummy. Yeah. We we saw that on the Talking Dead, but um, that he wasn't actually carrying Carl. Carl's a big kid now. But Doctor Denise springs into action now. Here she is. She's dun, dun, dun. all You get this. You she get that. Yeah. Get you some know? water. Bring me a sandwich. But they, um, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Go get but a loaf of bread and some some milk. I heard it's going to snow. They bring Carl in, and she takes off and starts doing everything for him. And then Rick just completely loses his mind. Now, what is this about Rick who just, Rick who's been through the apocalypse now, right? The zombie apocalypse. And every time something bad happens to somebody close to him, Rick loses it. He does really reckless kind of things. He did when Lori died. You know what the moral of the story is, don't you? Don't piss off Rick. Yeah, he he does go, he goes crazy. He goes berserk. He went berserk. But his berserkness prompted other people to uh, get involved with his, his, his yeah. whatever. But I didn't understand that. Did you? What do you mean? Well, they all came out there. I mean, what was the goal? Because they were surrounded. Where were they going? What were they doing? I think they were just going to try to kill them all. It was just time to fight their way through it. Maybe get out, get to cars, do something. I don't think there's a way to kill them all. I think there's too many. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was not a... That, that's what I'm saying. I kept calling him Reckless Rick in here because he just behaved so recklessly. Why? You know, your son's hurt. Your son might might pull through this, your son might need you, and you're going to go out there and behave so recklessly? People react, I guess, in different ways. Yeah, Rick's shown to not not react well under personal stress. And, I mean, I'm sure that I could be wrong and there could be instances of it, but I keep seeing it time and again with him, and I just get frustrated when, when he acts like that. Although, you know, what are they going to do? Just show the whole episode with him hiding out inside a house? I mean, I guess that wouldn't be... No, I mean, going outside with a hatchet and lopping off uh, zombie parts is, is pretty good. I liked it. But then, um, I made a note here. Can I ask where Daryl, Abraham, and Sasha are now? Because, remember, we said at the beginning of this that they were only, like, at the most 20 miles away. And they had a vehicle. They're not walking. And it's went from daytime to nighttime. And all this stuff's went on. And then the physical part of what we're watching it's been long enough for them to get back three times right you would think so anyway i i made a note of that but they showed up and then of course very very shortly thereafter it was answered where where they were which was pretty cool but um we get a commercial here and fear the walking dead mike fear is coming back on did you know that yeah <laughs> well, don't sound too excited about it. Are you um, not excited? No. You don't. You don't have hope that it's gonna turn I didn't, out to be a good thing. I didn't think it was a great show to start with. No, I didn't think it was. Well, it had all sorts of potential. I didn't think it was great either. But I have hope that. Well, we'll that we'll 
we'll uh, we'll be optimistic. We'll, we'll look at the the glass half full on fear. Well, it comes back on April tenth, so um, Mike and I here also podcast fear, and we hope you'll catch our fear podcast when it comes back on. And if you want to catch up on any of the old fear, the first season of fear, it's only six episodes, so it'd be real easy to catch up on. And then our podcast, we have that here on Tribal Rant too. So we go back to the show, and Rick is recklessly outside fighting the zombies and then here comes Michonne and then Aaron and all the rest of them come out there too and I made it up here that it's just it was just reckless and ridiculous for everybody to run out there and um, then we see Gabriel who's in the church with Judith and everything and he gives Judith off to one of the ladies in the church and he decides he's going to go out and fight now I'm happy that Gabriel stood up and you know decided he was going to to fight with them, but I just don't know why they would have all went out there to fight. Carol, Morgan, Eugene, everybody, they see everybody out there fighting, they go out there, so it's like this group <coughs> of what, eight, ten, out there fighting. I think many? it was more than that, all just hundreds. Yeah, I mean hundreds and hundreds of zombies. I don't know, it just seemed like a recipe for disaster. And this is where Carol and Enid get to Maggie at the same same point. And the yeah, now, the, the zombies explain to me how these things can just barely move, and some of them are leaning this way, and some are leaning that way. And then they're all together in a coordinated effort trying to shake Maggie off of this thing. They've all They're all hanging on to this... Yeah. These these uh, poles that are supporting this platform, and they're rocking it back and forth, and they're looking up, and they're it's a coordinated zombie effort. I don't I don't I don't buy yeah, that. Yeah, I'm gonna have to give it to them because I think that it was almost just like them just trying to get to her, just like you you know like if you would have like a group of people trying to get to something that it would make it like that. They looked like they were acting in concert. Yeah, yeah, they did. They it kind of did look like they were kind of trying yeah. to shake it back and forth together, but um. But here we see Glenn, and he starts to sacrifice himself again. And it was the first time Maggie had seen Glenn back. Right. And the little girl climbs up there, and she's going, you know, he said, Glenn says, get her. What? Yeah. yeah how, what? Wow. What? <laughs> get, get her. Get her and do what? Well, they had um, made some kind of rope to throw over so they could go over the other the other side of the wall. So I think he wanted her to get her outside. Oh, okay. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. I know they had made a rope, but I thought it was just for for uh, climbing down. I didn't know. No, I think it was to go over the wall. Okay. But that's what it was for. But still, it was funny. Well, that makes sense. But it was still funny. I agree with you. The way he said, get her. Like, she's yeah, a grown woman. You know, does she need getting? But, um... But he starts shooting, saying, over here, over here. And the whole zombie herd goes after him. And it is... Pandelirium. It was bad. All is lost. And Maggie's screaming. It's the first time she's singling. And He's going to die. He's, he's going to do zombie lunch. Yeah. And then she's got to watch him die. From a bird's eye view, she gets to like watch him and they yeah. surrounded him, and they he were on top of him. Down. He yep. was fighting back, and he slides yep. down the wall, and then... No dumpster to hide under this time. There's no dumpster. And then... And then Sasha and uh, Abraham. What did you think about that scene? Oh, that was fantastic. It was really, really good. I mean, just opened up, and are these people good shots? Or well, they must be, because I don't see how they kept from hitting <laughs> Glenn. Of course, he was down low, but... <clears throat> that was pretty good. Yeah, machine gun fire mows down every zombie. Just, I mean, you know one of them had his mouth open right on Glenn. <laughs> but Glenn is fine, and Sasha and Abraham are standing are standing on the RV over the wall, and they have saved the day. Then we go to commercial, we come back, and Glenn's getting in the fuel truck with Daryl, and they're trying to decide what to do. And Daryl gets out and starts emptying fuel. It looked like on the ground to me. I couldn't tell what he was doing at that point. But um, he's in a little uh, inlet there to the lake. Yeah, right. Yeah. But then we flash back to Rick and all the gang, and they're having a really hard time. They're getting closed in on. We flash back to Daryl, and he. There's your second favorite. 
Well, not really. No, that nah. wasn't. No. Nah. I thought that was pretty good. It was okay. Okay. He lights the the lake up, and the zombies follow the um, the fire into the lake. Yep. They do, and they're catching on fire. I guess burning up. I guess I didn't. I didn't understand. Burn up. I, I thought that you know we'd seen zombies before that had been in fire that just kept going. So I guess if they but they would eventually burn up. Uh, yeah, I guess if up, they when it reaches their brain, they're done. Yeah, and I guess if they're soaked in propane, that would be a good a good uh, guess that they're going to burn up completely. But if that were the case, why wouldn't you just light every fire you came upon and draw every zombie to it and just eventually, like you know, call the herd? Well, I mean, why wouldn't you? Every time you got in a bad spot, like you said, why wouldn't you just? This is another thing that she gave up as we weren't, weren't <laughs> supposed to talk about stuff. Why wouldn't why wouldn't you just uh, cut one of them up and drape the guts all over you and walk anywhere you wanted to go? Yeah, every time. Every you time. Go out, yeah, why like, not? You know. Every time you get surrounded and they're in there and they're saying, "I oh, will never get out of here." Well, I mean, but you can. All you got to do is grab one of them, drape the guts all over you, and walk walk away. Yeah, they just they do make it look pretty easy. Well, when they want to, and then when they want to be cornered with no way out, they. So we're cornered with no way out. I mean, nobody has a pocket knife to cut one of them open. <laughs> no, no, there are no sheets available. That's, well, but that's what I said at the beginning. You know, I mean, we we got to cut them some slack though, because this was a great. It, it was. It was. Episode. It was. And did it not feel like like it went the time? I mean, it was like eight minutes long to me. It was, it was yeah, over. except for the part there with the the Carol. Uh, epi- the Carol sequence when they're in the, you know, and they're talking with Morgan and then the Eugene and and getting, uh, you know, verbally slapped around like a little bitch by Rosarita or whatever her name is, and then the uh, a couple of the sequences moved kind of slow. Th- those were those were kind of just filler for the rest of the uh, action pack. Blow them up. I like the part in the beginning. I didn't get the chance to mention it where Abraham. Um, said to the smoking, smoldering head of Negan's minion, nibble on that. Well, right, because he was saying when you have to eat poop. Yeah, it's best not to nibble. It's best just right. to take, you know, bite, swallow, repeat. repeat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. so he was being a smart aleck, and he said it more than once. He was yeah. a smart aleck to them. Best not to nibble. All right. So, yeah, you're right. That was pretty good. But then it's the morning. After the lake fire and all this, and we got smoke rising. Nobody's tired, by the way. They've been up all night. They're tired. Doing an aerobic workout Man, with their axes. They yeah, yeah they they're, they're doing aerobic slinging blades, and they're standing around. No, they were standing outside the infirmary where Carl was. That's what they were doing. They I were think I'd be taking a nap. I think they wanted to find out about Carl. So I can, I can give them that. But Rick's inside, and he's talking about how... He sees it now. He's essentially he's he's seen Deanna's vision. Right? Yeah, for a for a community. Right, because uh, he saw these people come together. And a sustainable, they, expandable community. He didn't think these people could fight, but they did. They he, sure did. He thought they had been coddled too long. I'm paraphrasing, and he saw that they were able to come out and fight. So he now thinks that. A new world essentially is possible, and he wants Carl to be a part of that world. He feels the desire. He said he hasn't felt since he woke up in the hospital, which was season one, episode one, the hope for the future that he wants to share with his son. <clears throat> so that was pretty good, I thought. And then you see Carl squeeze his hand, because the whole time you think Carl may be in a coma, you know, whatever. Brain damage, whatever. But he, right, but he squeezes his hand, and Rick's kind of stunned and looks up. And that's the end of Season 6, Episode 9. It was a, it was a great television. It was it a, really it was a was. Good, good episode. It really was. Um... We hope you'll connect with us here at Tribal Rank, become part of our The Walking OG podcast. My Twitter is at Michelle from TN, and Mike and I are sharing that one right now, so he can be reached at the same. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tribal Rant. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn, so subscribe to us there and keep in touch. 
Please like us and rate us if you like what we're doing. And of course, all this information is on TribalRent.com where you can email us or leave us a message. We always love to hear your feedback. Not much of a preview for next week. Did we apologize about Survivor? No, we're going to actually do Survivor here in just, just next. Okay. I'll, I'll show you my notes on it. It's two words. Okay. Can you guess what the two words are? Uh, yep. Okay. Um, Jeremy won. <laughs> two words. That's going to be pretty much it because we kind of suck for what we did, but that's okay. Um, but not much of a preview. We see Daryl, Michonne, and Rick. It looks like they're running in a gas station or something. They run into somebody, but it's hard to tell much of what's going on. But um, I'm still pretty excited to see how they're going to be able to follow up. And I'm excited to see if they're able to keep this momentum up for the second half of Season 6. What do you think? What do you think the odds are that they'll be able to do that? No. No? No, they'll, they'll settle back into their um, soap opera-ish it's my prediction. Um, Storyline, you know, personal interaction stories. Well, they'll get away from the zombie survival stuff. They might, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the glass half full, and you can be the glass half empty, and I'm gonna hope that that you're wrong and that they don't do that. I am the broken glass shattered against the wall. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Well. We'll see you next week then. Nope, you'll see me in about a minute and a half because we're going to do that survivor one. I'll see you then. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.